0: Hello Joshua, how are you? Is everything fine?
1: Yeah, this is gonna be very exciting. Oh hello. Ho oh,
0: Gladiators
1: Make It Stop. Things do them happenings. <laughs> <laughs>
0: This is brutal setup here.
1: We are always Bust busting our balls. balls. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Netflix and Thrill. Um, it's been a while. It feels like only a year ago <laughs> that we sat here last time. <laughs> the eagle-eyed amongst you will have noticed that uh, we've been in a bit of a creative hiatus since we since we last spoke.
1: Isn't that right, Josh? Well, we just loved the last Halloween episode so much. We thought We thought we'd we'll leave it wait. there. Let it fester. <laughs> we'll come straight back and do another one. Straight away. But so, of course, Halloween only comes around once a year.
0: Yeah, we didn't wanna we didn't wanna break what was ultimately a pretty winning streak with the with the huge response that the first three episodes got. So yeah, we wanted to kind of get the excitement back up, leave it a little bit longer and come back with another Halloween special. So that's what we're gonna be doing today, isn't it, Josh?
1: It is we are Slightly less spooky than last time. I haven't done The Voice yet. Maybe The Voice will come Isn't that about, good, listeners? But there's a big spider's web that's growing in our garden at the moment that's very spooky. And Act. Netflix have helpfully given us a category this time called Halloween Favourites. So Marcus is slightly more relieved.
0: As you may uh, remember from uh, the episode we did a while ago, I don't like horror films. And this has some horror films in it. There's some not horror films in it. Isn't that right? It does. There's quite
1: the mix of things. So
0: I am apprehensive. Just as a reminder, everybody, of how this works. Because, I mean, you probably don't need reminding. But just in case that you do. I think I need reminding. Well, for Josh's benefit, let's remind ourselves of how Netflix and Thrill works. So how Netflix and Thrill works is we go on on to uh, Netflix and choose a random film using Josh's recently patented uh, and globally successful randomizing system um but what's different about our halloween episodes is that we tend to stick to a horror category but as josh was saying netflix have uh, provided us on request of course a halloween specific category just to be clear they did not provide that on request um a specific halloween category that we're going to be using today which has some good stuff in it and some scary stuff and some children's films so who knows what we're going to get so josh do you want to plug in the random number generator
1: i have plugged into the generator and the generator has given us number 77 so unfortunately for me we're going to miss number five gregory's game which has just come out on netflix
0: i mean um, i'm not I, i'm pretty chill so we're at so we're going to be watching in uh i, I heard of the si- we're watching the silenced everyone <laughs> Woo-hoo! anyone heard of the silenced Josh? No <laughs> that? I haven't. <laughs> well so keeping up. Oh my up, god.
1: <laughs> why what does it say? It says there's more happening behind the walls of this school than meets the eye and whatever it is. There's a murderous children. It's something sinister. <laughs> Just for clarification it's oh there's some water.
0: Well this looks fun and it keeps up with our theme of watching something completely obscure. <laughs> Uh, and weird looking. It's a nice car. So, who knows? Maybe we'll we'll discover that this is actually a cult hit that we've uh, we've ignorantly missed out on. So what we're going to do now <laughs> is go and watch this film and uh, and banter around as we I do. Hopefully there'll be some banter. <laughs> well, one can hope, can't we, Josh? Yes. So we're going to go and do that and uh, and I don't know have some tea and some milkshakes or whatever we get up to. Uh, and we'll see you soon, right, we Josh? Say goodbye. Right.
1: Goodbye. Woo.
0: Incredible Hulk! Ominous girl.
1: Oh, it's quite thick.
0: (laughs) Just to be clear, (laughs) it's a milkshake. (laughs) But nothing else. We're back. We've just enjoyed.
1: What happened, Josh? We conceded. Westbrook conceded conceded
0: in the 85th minute. Oh, this is a disaster. Just to give you the context, everybody, we literally just clicked record there on the machines. <laughs> and Josh has got a notification on his phone and almost kind of like fell off his chair, which normally means that something important has happened. And in this I'm case, it's very my finger much finger off anyway, Yeah, I haven't got any do. technology. We're
1: going to do a beat and then we're
0: going to start again. I thought we should just use this. Hello, everyone, again. We just finished watching, is it called The Silenced? The Silenced. The Silenced. Um, which was a film from 2015. What did we found... say the South Korean title was? Oh.
1: The Stolen
0: Girls? The Stolen Girls, which is a much more appropriate title because they silenced. As far as we're concerned, doesn't make any sense. But anyway, we've just finished watching that. And uh, yeah, we had um,
1: fairly uh, mixed
0: views on it, didn't we, Josh?
1: Yes, fairly mixed views. Mixed to mixed to mixed to low. <laughs> mixed to sleepy <laughs> views. There were some
0: yawns. We'll give you some yawns later. You get to hear some of the yawns that we've gone up to. They but it also, pretty got, good.
1: it also got very dark, like yeah, weather wise, not film wise. So that probably contributed.
0: The fact that it didn't get dark film wise may be part of the problem. Ooh, that's proper proper commentary Look at that. There. skills. So, to kick off with that, I think it's probably helpful to kind of give a little bit of a recap, a little bit of a, um, a summary for you all of what went on and the plot of this film, just to kind of give you a bit of context as to what um, what happened. So, um, I'll tentatively start because <laughs> it was a little bit tricky to co- hold on to in some ways, and then Josh, you pick up where I, where I mug it up?
1: I am happy to try and jump in and get Rescue the plot thread <laughs> correct.
0: So, what happens is... Um, Shizuko who is kind of the main the main kind of focus of the film I suppose um, is taken to a girls kind of boarding school slash sort of sanatorium it's
1: referred to as a sanatorium in the subtitles lovely
0: Um, in some sort of like kind of nice verdant forest in some mountains somewhere Um, and where she's kind of there to kind of seemingly learn how to be good at being strong so that she can be taken to Tokyo and the context of which is that Korea is under the rule of Japan at this point, uh, and it's kind of set against the backdrop of that, which we had to kind of quickly pick up as, <laughs> not, uh, as not experts in the period,
1: despite Over- being both history graduates. The history course that we did is very Western focused, so we so that a, the yeah. universities, so we weren't a hundred percent sure of what was going on. The context, but we picked it up.
0: Yeah. Um, and she basically spends some time in this sanatorium where it is revealed that somebody also interestingly called Shizuko was around previously and then was not around and then some mysterious goings on happen uh, and then as the film kind of progresses more mysterious things go on and we get some revealed uh, kind of context with the japanese army and it turns out it's all right to say what happens isn't it we don't we just spoil yeah this. we just spoil We yeah. just spoil it um basically they're all being turned into super soldiers <laughs> <laughs> so that was the film that's pretty much it
1: yeah basically yeah they're at this it, yeah it's a I mean, girl's got a boarding bit school at some point that's about it it's a girl's boarding school there's some usual boarding school hijinks and nonsense and then it turns out they're all gonna be super soldiers, and then they all die at the end, because it all kicks off. Hooray! So I'm sure we will go energy. into more specifics. We, of we absolutely actually talk will. about why the film is a big stinky pile of poo.
0: Lovely. <laughs> I suppose it's, it's kind of traditional at this point to do our kind of little magic moments where Josh and I pick our favourite little extra special moments in the film that really, even if they are a bit mundane, even if they were a bit kind of everyday, really kind of got us going. So my magic moment for this film was there's a kind of a lead, uh, I kind of call her like a schoolmasterly lady. She is credited as headmistress. Headmistress. So headmistress is kind of a little bit, um, I suppose she's kind of like pretty drunk on power a lot of the time. And there's some interesting interchanges where she's conversing with Shizuko about various different things that Shizuko has noticed, such as some, some like slightly soggy um, other people who used to be in the sanatorium. <laughs> <laughs> While they drink tea with flowers in it. But Anyway, so at one particular moment she reveals something and does a really big cackly laugh. And then she also has, at the time, a like, Cruella de Vil-style cigarette holder. And I, um, I like that. Maybe they're turning amphibious. That's why she struggled to breathe.
1: Oh, uh, I think, oh, uh, okay.
0: Which doesn't make any <laughs> sense. <laughs> yeah. well, if she's
1: amphibious, then they should be able to breathe on the land. Is amphibious both?
0: not amphibious <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it is,
1: isn't it?
0: It's what amphibious car is, isn't it? That's what they want can do. Close people. enough.
1: <laughs> oh, fuck.
0: On. Giggles. Oh, ha oh, ha. Oh, oh. Oh wow! That cigarette holder. Yes. <laughs> that was my magic moment. Mark just like. I just really it's, it's like. Not a
1: smoker, but smoking paraphernalia really gets him going. <laughs>
0: I mean, I think part of the benefit of this podcast for everybody is to give a little bit of an insight into into both of us as people, and I I I'd agree with Josh that I, uh, I whilst I don't smoke myself, I, I don't mind others that do. Joshua, what was your magic moment?
1: So, my magic moment was after some initial hazing that Shizuko undergoes, which includes some throwing of pebbles, she starts to bond with our kind of second lead in the film called Kazuye, who was one of the best friends of the former Shizuko, which is kind of confusing. We'll get they, on to that yes. level
0: of confusion later. Listeners
1: and uh, <laughs> as part of their like bonding kind of experience, they go on like a uh, a journey. Th- out, manage to escape the walls of the sanatorium and go out to this to the countryside, and Casseus uh, gets in this like weird rickety boat that looks like boat it's got a bridge. Tree. Or a pond, like a big pond. Yeah, it's a big pond. It looks like there's a tree growing through it. It's very bizarre. And uh she's Shiz- Chizuko is very um it's at kind of that point when she's finally kind of getting her health together. We didn't mention it, she's got T B. And that's
0: so much stuff happens, everyone, that the T B becomes pretty incidental pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, she gets shunned at the start because she's got T B and she's seen as weak, whereas the rest of them are strong and I was going to say virile, <laughs> virile South Korean teenage girls, um, but she is not. But it's at that point where she starts to feel a little bit better. Um, she's out and about in the countryside and she coughs. And when she coughs, she doesn't cough up any blood. And she is filled with such joy that she runs over to go and hug Kazier, who is sitting in the boat, and grabs hold of her, and they both fall in the water. <laughs> Sit in that. that rickety boat, it's got a tree it's growing a, out of it.
0: And it's not a boat, it's a, it's a um, she took her shoes off fast. Or they was she going to be wearing her shoes?
1: <coughs> what?
0: Maybe the other one's going to be we- she's going to be wearing her shoes. So, whose shoes are those? Did she just take that as a compliment? Yeah, you seem weak. I like you. Let's be friends. Weird and weak. The best W's. So excited, she's just coughed some blood up. Oh, oh no own no blood. blood! She's mm. cured! Backhanded compliments are the cure from TB. That's the takeaway from this film. Is she going to disappear? She's going to push straight her straight in? through the film! <laughs> 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 well, fell in water. It's a really, it's a really good gag moment there. It's a
1: great gag moment. They both uh, fall
0: in the in the in the water.
1: In the really dirty water, but that's very clear when it's from their point of view under the water.
0: Poor filmmaking there. Sorry, film.
1: Or maybe it's supposed to be. Maybe it means
0: something. Maybe I'm too stupid. Maybe it's the clarity. I'll leave it to you, Joshua.
1: Okay, as the smart one. That's the smart one. So, so that was my magic moment. When I think those are, pretty,
0: those are two pretty stellar magic moments, I think. Cigarettes and uh, water. I think we both. I like cigarettes in a kind of weird way. And you like water. So I love water. So I'm just drinking up water my, right now.
1: Filling up my water right now. If you can hear, you can hear that everybody. It's a pretty good microphone, so maybe you can.
0: So... Um, we wanted to kind of talk about three kind of, as we, as we tend to, three different particular areas. And the first one we're going to talk, talk about um, was, has been alluded to already right. in some ways. And it was the kind of the general backdrop of the film and how the film is ultimately in some way, it, it's entirely designed to be a critique of the imperialist um, Japan, I suppose, in terms of the kind of the impact that that had uh, in Korea and how basically, and talking about the militarism of that and the exploitation of people, and that particular context of the film set in the sort of 1930s, isn't it? And how, as we mentioned earlier, we don't know too much about that. Have so they all
1: been given, like, Japanese-style names? Oh, uh, okay. OK. I think we need a primer in what's We're going on. We're going to have to, to read what
0: this is, <laughs> because there's probably a lot of, like, Nuanced kind of references to do with Korea and Japan. Uh, Japan invaded Korea at the and time. Actually, a lot of like It's
1: embarrassing. Shit. Thank
0: God. Good old that good old history degree, eh? Good old Eurocentricism
1: Yeah. It's
0: actually Britain centricism.
1: <laughs> okay, so South Korea, or Korea, or the Korea, whole Korean Peninsula, actually, I think. Was annexed to Imperial Japan in 1910. Running out, and then the Korean government went to China to resist. Okay, so I was right, it's wrong that they called it South Korea. Oh, okay, so that's why they're all obsessed with Japan because they're a Japanese problem. <coughs> are they also time. speaking mixture of Japanese? And oh, I think they are speaking. I'm, I think they're, they're just speaking Japanese, sound, aren't yeah,
0: they? Yeah, a lot of it sounds Japanese.
1: Yeah. Well, they said. Um, this is
0: going to be a bad jump.
1: <laughs> 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 <Riding by laughs> a red flag. <laughs> I quote from the Wikipedia page The film is a scathing critique of Japanese imperialism. And shows the resilience of two young Korean girls that attempt to live free. I think I paraphrased
0: that without like stealing it too much. Pretty well. Um, and what? Whilst obviously it's a it's a context that we don't really know a huge amount about really, um, and it is quite interesting. And it kind of manifests in the film by um, the place where they're all the sanatorium slash school slash whatever it is. Place where they all have Japanese names, which I imagine may have been a thing that kind of everybody may have had to have. That could have been the case. Um, and they're often speaking. I think almost it used to be Japanese most of the time. And also, and it's quite sort of it's an interesting moments where they kind of talk in their talk where it becomes the more personal moments often when they talk in their um, South South Korean names or their Korean names. And I think that kind of the dominance of Japanese culture and then also the kind of the general context around the military and the super soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, is kind of collectively telling trying to say quite a powerful and, and and strong thing about that particular context and the influence that those things had on, on Korea at the time.
1: And I think the fact that we managed to pick that up despite being very ignorant on the subject shows that that kind of element of it does work in a sense that they do switch between using their names, which kind of becomes a little bit confusing at points. You don't really know who's talking about who unless you really keep up. They're all kind of made... They all dress the same and have the the same hairstyle when they're Mm. in class and it's very uniform and kind of imposed order from above. And they're kind of... It's very interesting to perceive the way that um, Japan is talked about. So the whole the whole kind of well what turns out is kind yeah. kind of a lie but kind of not a lie that they are fed in terms of why they're at this academy and why they're undergoing the the treatment and the physical activities that they are is that there's some kind of like weird like pan korean school competition where they all have to make a rug make or- a big blanket with covered in cherry blossoms which may or may not be in the shape of japan uh, and in the, the Japanese been. islands. Yeah. It did kind of look like that. And um yeah, and the the winner of the of the blanket competition, but also the winner of the like the fitness competition, the two winners will get to go to Tokyo and uh, live in Tokyo.
0: And wouldn't that be great? The other nice thing, so whilst the physical achievements of people obviously they're making super soldiers so being good at physical stuff is a pretty important part of being a super soldier and that is kind of predominantly revealed by people jumping a lot uh, and the long jump element there's a lot of long jumping going on a lot of people uh, one of the other main characters spends a lot of time running very slowly in circles on a kind of dirt track and that kind of physical side is talked up quite a lot without necessarily always being manifested in the most uh, accurate of ways perhaps but yeah it's it's interesting and then also there's some rather um one of the more sort of towards the end some of the more gruesome elements contain some of the the sewing of that particular sort of rug blanket thing gets incorporated into being sort of slightly sewn onto a person that they not yeah. like very much at the end um so kind of as you can tell tell the symbolism is pretty light touch in this film um and i think it's it was interesting to see because it's not something it, it, i suppose it's part of what's interesting about kind of um, looking at something like this is you get a bit of a wider perspective on stuff, and you get to remember. I think it's something that I maybe vaguely knew something about once, but I had forgotten about entirely, and it kind of you reminded of some of the wider context of these things. and I think um, it's the, as as you say. I think whilst it's kind of it shows that it's done well that we picked up on it. It also shows it's done relatively heavy handedly because yes. it is a lot of there is a lot of. It's not hard to pick up that Japan is bad. Everyone else is kind of good. That's not. A, I would say that was relatively straightforward message that runs through it do you think
1: yes definitely particularly when the japanese soldiers turn up at the end and start shooting everything i think we're making the film seem a bit more exciting than it actually is in our kind of like garbled garbled depiction of this it's as you can tell quite a lot of stuff happens and i think
0: to kind of think about some of the other the other element of what we want to talk about to thinking about how it is a bit of a is a bit of a jumble I think it shows that you kind of talk about all these different things happening in it, um, and people getting shot at and getting throwing big doors around and exploding these big glass canisters full of like drowned girls. That sounds really horrible, but yeah, that happens. Um, and all the different things like there's an enormous amount of stuff happens, but it is like it tonally ju- is very jumbled and it jumps around an awful lot. And that I think led to the fact that it, it doesn't because of that and you kind of you're set up at the start with this quite exciting or, or relatively like engrossing um, trope of of this kind of mysterious person who's disappeared and this context of all these other girls who are kind of um, angry at this new newcomer um, as in replacing this person that they seem to care about or miss or um, had kind of has gone and that an understanding and unpicking as to why that is is quite a, like key part of the first few phases of the film but then quite quickly, that kind of goes, oh, we've sorted that bit out. And then just stuff just starts happening kind of left, right and centre, doesn't it?
1: It's very much kind of undergoes this this weird heel turn that really doesn't work and that really kind of loses you. It's interesting actually to cast my mind back a year and think about Ah, the previous film, which also took a massive heel turn in the middle from being like a weird science be careful what you science film into being a vampire film which I thought was good, it needed refinement in the execution but I thought was good whereas this does a similar thing in that it goes from being a kind of very conventional but as Mark said interesting small scale kind of creepy thriller about this, this intruder into this closed community and there's a secret and what's going to happen and what I, what I thought going on, there's, there's a scene when it starts to kind of get a bit creepy uh, where Shizuko spots something that spots like a pendant on the floor and then it disappears beneath the bed. And then she looks under the bed and there's nothing there. She turns around and there's like a drippy girl on the floor. <laughs> 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 under the bed. Under the bed.
0: Give her diary back.
1: Don't look under the bed. Why is she so
0: casually in terror?
1: Why is she so casually carrying that book around? I thought it was illegal. Oh, mm. No one's there.
0: On the bed. This is weird. It's really jumpy, isn't it? We are jump loads. Oh, crawling going on. on
1: the floor. Oh, Is she blood covered? No, she's called grimy. Looks like she drowned. Looks like she drowned, yeah. Of course we were up. Why didn't we think there would be a drowned schoolgirl? Yeah. we didn't really know what happened earlier. But I mean, this kind of wet children and this kind of like wet ghost children are a the A classic trope. Yeah.
0: You know better than me, Josh.
1: I mean, I'm just going from the fact that I've seen the trailer for The Ring.
0: <laughs> what
1: have I done? Oh no, I done? Oh, there's a wet patch.
0: She's going to disappear in the wet patch. Oh, it's gloopy.
1: Somebody's not uh, house trained their puppy yet. That's not. That's not. That had a, that had a
0: gloop to it. So that
1: won't gloop. Deep <coughs> <A bit> what? <laughs> I was going to say something quite horrible. Initially, when we when we saw that, I thought, "Oh, that is the original Shizuko, the one who's disappeared." And it's going to be a. It's going to be a film like a like a kind of very classic thing of like, oh, it's in the house all the time. Like, there's a really crap, but quite funny film from not long ago called Boy about this um, woman comes to stay with this old couple and look after their ventriloquist dummy. And then, <laughs> spoilers for Boy, it turns out that the dummy, that the dummy is modelled after their dead son, but it turns out he's not dead and he's been living in the walls all the time. And that kind of stuff, like so Black Christmas, like, like the killers in the house, that kind of stuff. I thought it was going to be that. No, it wasn't. And it wasn't. It was about super soldiers. Super soldiers, <laughs> which is just a really bizarre thing. And you can, you can pinpoint the exact moment it turns in that. Um, as Marcus said, there, there's a lot of focus on long jumping, as a kind of like demonstration of uh, physical feats and things like that. And there's quite a, quite a uh, not moving, but quite an interesting moment. Early on when the first time they do the long jump, Shizuko can't do it because uh, she's got TB. <laughs> <It> <laughs> and kind of just like a slightly way. She sort of
0: stumbles
1: towards goes, it <laughs> and then looks at the
0: wooden plank and just goes, nah, maybe next time.
1: And then she manages to do a jump and um, it's like, it's not as good a jump as Yuka, who is... does it put the cat amongst the pigeons? But it does. Yuka is... Kazia's best friend one of Kazia's friends and used to be friends with the previous Shizuko and she's like the enemy at the start she's the one who throws the pebbles during the hazing um, but it's quite it's quite interesting and it's kind of a moment of Shizuko's like oh I'm able to do a long jump and then they come and do it again and in a more casual setting she's wearing a dress at the time rather than long jump clothes and then she does a big long jump and you're like oh she's going to do a really big long jump But she does a long jump that's more of like angly Hulk kind of jump where it goes up and down in a kind of weightless fashion and she clears the entire pit. And you go, what? What? What's going on? Super
0: soldiers. Please say she does a long jump. In a dress. Yep. (laughs) Bring it, long jump.
1: She's going to try and do the longest jump. What?!
0: She jumped real good! She's magic! (laughs) Magic jump! She cleared the pits! It's quite quite weird, isn't it? Because it's kind of like it takes on a load of superhero y kind of tropes all of a sudden, or like all those bits of what, what that's all about all of a sudden. Which makes it a bit weird because you're kind of it links to it's a whole different set of films and separate world that that's all echoing and you're you're kind of left with this jumble of parts that don't quite all fit together. And I think I think the two the, the person who plays um, Shizuko, uh, who is I would say is pretty good. She yeah. seems pretty good. She's quite compelling, and then I think her friendship between with them um, it's Kato, isn't it? Yeah. Um, is is actually quite nice at some points, and that's the most like kind of. I suppose it's the only bit that kind of I I anyway was kind of feeling particularly kind of engaged and engrossed in, and then but then she gets stuck in a tank for a lot of it, and they get separated about I'd say a third away from like in the second in the end yeah. of the second third of the film or the third of the second act I guess um, they kind of are separated. They're never really brought back together for the last sections and the most like kind of heightened sections of the film. And you've kind of lost your most compelling thing, and there's no—it's for something with so much happening, it feels very flat.
1: And they trade it for throwing doors around rather than yeah, that rather than anything. Glass else. in the face. And it's a lot of d- glass. Everywhere. There's a lot of glass all over the floor, and really people walking on glass and leaving very unrealistic fl- footprints on the floor. Trust and all well. Cross about the, the the paint footprints. They're way too painty. I just I think I would have I think I would have liked it more if there was more of a kind of if it was alluded to in any way i mean obviously the the girls behave bizarrely and and have like quite a lot of there's quite a lot of anger kind of bubbling up amongst them and fighting and stuff like that and obviously they're running and doing all this stuff but it's not anything that's unusual it just looks like they are engaging in kind of like standard like eugenicsy kind of fitness that went around in fascist states in the 1930s and then suddenly there's superpowers and it's like well, i don't really yeah it's because
0: it kind of jumps over all these different groups like all the other girls essentially become irrelevant suddenly they all yeah. sort of they all end up in a different part of the different part of the building and therefore a different part of the film just kind of sewing a bit and kind of having their own kind of cocktail of weird super drugs and they they become whilst they plot wise deal with some characters they don't they don't fundamentally mean or do anything uh, after that and so I suppose if they focus a bit more on the relationships between those people maybe or they f- just generally focused on something a bit more and rather than like skipped about as much as they did it would feel like it would be a little bit more um, successful and you would have yawned less and I would have yawned less as well we both yawned we quite did yawn left. quite a bit sorry
1: film sorry film. Yeah. Was just was just a bit dull. Just a bit
0: dull. A bit dull, a little bit confusing, and super
1: soldiers. There's a real real turn with those super soldiers. it does look nice. Yeah, the place it looks beautiful. The, it's very they're in like, beautiful. Like the place
0: looks beautiful. I'd say whilst in a kind of in a slightly shiny, clean way, was all quite nice looking. Made to look quite nice.
1: I think if you like the aesthetic of Early twentieth-century sanatoriums. It's
0: gonna be right up your street.
1: And I, I say that slightly jokingly, but I do like that aesthetic. And my parents' bathroom, I say, is is a bit like that. So they it's don't nice. like that you call it that. No, they're very annoyed. What would you call their
0: bathroom a sanatorium? Yeah,
1: the first time I went in, I was like, "Oh, it's very sanatorium-like, isn't it?" And great compliment. After I had explained <laughs> what sanatorium meant. Uh, They were not very happy. Yeah, sanatoriums.
0: So, fans of sanatoriums, a thumbs up for you. Everyone else, maybe less of a thumbs up. We'll see later. The other thing that we want to talk about a little bit more is why is this in the Halloween favourite section of Netflix? Is
1: this a Halloween (laughs) favourite? It's not very Halloween, is it? Just plugged back in. Maybe it's the drugs
0: that are fixing her sickness. <laughs> oh! What's that creepy red line? It's oh, gone up to her eyes. Her eyes going to be something horrible. Oh, I hate sickness. As far as I can understand, I mean, I, I, mean, I may know, I, from what we can see, because obviously we do a tiny bit of research when we do this, so we don't sound like complete lemons and Marcus
1: does research I know it all
0: his, Josh is all up there already you saw that call back to last year he didn't even look it up he just <laughs> knows it imagine living with that but anyway <laughs> the, um, the it, was just a, it was just bizarre that it featured in that particular setting whilst we were looking as I was saying whilst we were looking it up it didn't seem like it had a like, colossal secret fan base that I had missed it didn't seem, that didn't seem to exist um, and so I don't understand why it was there, and it wasn't particularly horror-y. It had some, like, gory bits sometimes, like when they, when that... We didn't even mention the bird that gets killed. Oh, yeah, that was probably a magic moment. That was quite a good magic moment. So third extra bonus magic moment. This is our know. shared magic moment. And then there's a bird, like a dead bird, when they're bullying her a little bit, when they're bullying, um, when the other girls are bullying Shizuku. Um, at some uh, various uh, sort of a certain early points in the film, one of the bullying pits is to have like crushed a bird and left it in her clothes, and then she dramatically uh, kind of tosses this bird into the food of Yuka, who is cross.
1: And she gives a massive, like, massive cast, massive shade on her, and gives a great one liner, which is something like,
0: Oh, I think you dropped this. And I think, and I've just realised in a kind of obviously kind of way but obviously so much of the film color wise is white and red so oh which yeah is which is, <laughs> there we go eagle-eyed reviewers for you here um so for example the food they eat is is like this white kind of, um, this kind of ball of rice with kind of some red kind of organy looking stuff in the middle um, and she's obviously coughing her red blood onto of white handkerchiefs there's a of red or white the drugs that they yeah. eat
1: are uh, like little red pills yeah
0: Exactly, and I think all of that and they're all quite negative things. And so, yeah, unlucky Japan.
1: Is green anything to do with Korea? Maybe because she was greens. wearing green at the start, and then she got put in her sanatorium clothes. Maybe. Maybe. Let's say yes. That classic green Korea color. Yes.
0: <laughs> is also important in there, but yes, I think it's um it is oddly incongruous amongst the other company of the films in that section which we were, shall we say, maybe slightly more excited about watching, wouldn't you say, Josh?
1: I was certainly more excited about some of the other things in there. As I mentioned at the start, Gregory's Game was in there, which I'm very looking very much forward to seeing. There was quite a lot in there that I have seen and that Marcus hasn't seen that would be quite good. Like The Omen was in there, Babadook, It Follows. A lot of good stuff. Um but as far as as far as I can work out, the only real reason that this was in there is because it's got a drippy a drippy girl in it, which is very much part of that like trope of Asian horror cinema, Japan and Korea of girls that get drowned and then come back as vengeful ghosts. Obviously, um, the Ring being the most notable. Instance of this,
0: but I think something bizarrely of, of the whole thing. A that mm-hmm. isn't a massive part of the film, really. It turns out. no, and B.
1: What are all
0: those other girls doing there? Like we never really get resolved as to we know they get a bit drowned potentially in the tank that's kind of in the basement. But how they end up sort of variously appearing in different parts of the of the kind of building in the, which in the case that they do,
1: I don't really understand. Is it also just the one girl? I, don't know I think one. it's just a Gucci is the only one it happens to. is She is under the bed and then she's under the stairs. Yeah. But it's not explained because there's two major disappearances. There's Iguchi who disappears and there's Kahira who disappears. But we see what happens to Kahira. She kind of has like a weird fit. Yeah. And then at which point you thought that they might be turning them into amphibians. Yeah, because I they... <laughs> was really excited nice about
0: the amphibian idea at this point. But I was disappointed.
1: Or are they drowning them in the lake? Because she had that vision of them in the and lake. Look, but then But how did a Gucci But then get why would there? they
0: then bring them all back and put them in those frozen tanks at the end? Also they're a frozen tank. Oh tanks yeah, Gucci at the end. was in the tank, wasn't she? Yeah. As you can tell, it really hangs together well this film and the confusion that you are hearing from us is testament to the confusion of the film. Um, but I think as you say, there's like I whilst I'm not a it's a funny thing, Halloween, isn't it? It's like whilst I'm not a kind of massive horror y person, um, I find kind of like it's that more kind of like sadistic violence? I just find really difficult to sort of deal with, I guess. Which can be in like things like Saw and stuff. I just don't, I just don't get it. Um, but in terms of like Halloween, it's it's there's something kind of quite fun in reveling in the in the kind of the ghoulishness of things and the kind of especially when the kind of uh, the seasons are turning. Uh, all the, I mean, obviously there's so many different kind of films that fit that year, and, and uh, we kind of try to put some on at various different points all through university, which is quite
1: fun for everybody. We did a nice double bill of. Ghostbusters and The Exorcist.
0: I stayed for Ghostbusters. I did not stay for The Exorcist, which I kind of regret because I quite had to watch The Exorcist.
1: We could watch The Exorcist. I think I've got it on DVD with me. We'll watch it another time.
0: You won't be there, listeners.
1: But yeah, I think it. Um, it is very much like... We touched a little bit on this last time, but I think it is very much like um, Christmas films and Halloween films kind of occupy the same kind of space in that you only have to be... Ve- you only have to be kind of tangentially linked to the topic for it to be a good Christmas film. In the same way that Gremlins is a good Christmas film, I would say, based on what was in that collection, Wallace and Gromit Curse of the Were-Rabbit is a good Halloween film, for example. Film. or any, Or Ghostbusters, obviously, because it's about ghosts. But um, all those kind of films that exist in that area... But this isn't one of them. As I said, the only real thing is there's that sense of dread at the start of the like the intruder in the kind of in in the organization or whatever, like in something like The Beguiled, which even then I wouldn't consider to be a Halloween kind of film anyway. And then The Drippy Girl. It's like Joe Netflix got to The Drippy Girl or saw like a, a trailer where the drippy girl was in it and was like, this is a great Halloween film, put it in. We don't have the rights to the ring, but this drippy girl will get us some great clicks. Some great clicks.
0: And it's like they kind of got had their spreadsheet and they put their one in the, in the box. I mean, yes. And it, and it went in the section, which is a poor choice, I feel. What is your favorite kind of Halloween films?
1: Um, I like to watch... I, like the, I do like watching The Exorcist. I think The Exorcist is a really, really good film for any time of the year. I like to watch The Exorcist at this time of the year because it's a time that people are more susceptible to To its charms. Yeah, exactly. To to be able to watch it and they might they might consider watching it. Um I suppose my most kind of the most Halloween-y Halloween film I can think of is probably the scariest film I've ever seen, which we were considering Watching today as a kind of like nice bonus coming back introduction to the podcast returning, but we decided against it because one, we were choosing the film, and two, it (laughs) It wasn't on Netflix, it was on Amazon Prime. We
0: didn't think that coming back and sticking that many fingers up on our own podcast was a particularly um, good idea,
1: yeah. Uh, And that film being uh, the absolutely terrifying Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. Uh, let me stress everybody. Josh isn't one that, that
0: scares scares lightly, especially when it comes to films. He's kind of he tends to giggle his way rather than like jump his way through most scary films. I I'm the one that jumps really high, and especially since I I am quite tall for those of you who've never met me before. Bangs his head um, on the ceiling. Bangs his head on the ceiling all the time, and like I I'm a pretty kind of dramatic jumper, uh, when it comes to scary things, and I think I probably worry people. I go pretty high. It's quite something. But you're pretty good. And for you to have found that scary, it must have been terrible. How old were you when you were first shaken by it? So I can pinpoint,
1: I would have to look it up, but I watched... I first saw it, it was for its premiere on Cartoon Network. We didn't have Sky at the time, but my nan... uh, (laughs) My nan had... uh, the ITV kind of knockoff of Freeview <laughs> at the time, which is where I got my first taste of like Cartoon Network. It's where I first got into Toonami and where I first saw Dragon Ball Z and things like that as well. And I saw it being advertised, and I said, "Nan, you've got to record this for me because I really like Scooby Doo and this looks quite good." He used to have his Scooby Doo outfit and his Scooby Doo. I'm voice. such a Velma, <laughs> uh, even though I didn't have glasses at the time, I still would have been a Velma. Uh, and so she did record it for me, and it's it's terrifying. It's not anything like Scooby-Doo at all. Why is it scary? It's really, really frightening. I know, I'm going to show you um, a picture.
0: You're going to get a live reaction to yeah, the picture. of... Uh, so I've not seen it before. Of
1: Morgan, Moonscar who, is Morgan the, Moonscar, who is the
0: main zombie. I think you can tell from the uh, different path we have taken on this particular uh, instalment of the podcast that maybe the film that we just watched wasn't quite
1: the uh, the thriller that we'd hoped it was. Right, I can't get a particularly good high quality... I'm going to show you just two hit, images. Just hit me, Josh. Right, so this is Morgan Moonscar, who is the main zombie in this. Bloody and hell. And in movement, it's really, really quite he's scary. Not quite,
0: so just to paint the picture, he's got a big white beard, which makes him sound quite jolly, but he's not jolly. He's like Bad Santa. He's got like a kind of... He's got, like, a big eye scar and a big red hat. Is he, like, a pirate? Yeah, he's a pirate, yeah. With the name, pirate. like,
1: Morgan, Morgan Moon Scar. I was, reacting, I was <laughs> reacting
0: cold, Joshua. I don't pick up pirate references as well as you do.
1: But there's a really... So there's quite a, like, spooky bit at the start where... And it, it, it's, really, it's plotted exactly like, a, like an actual horror film would be. There's a bit where they're doing... It's the kind of the basic plot is the mystery get ga- mystery gang break mystery ink break up and then they come back together to solve this mystery of the of more of, more, of the ghost of Morgan Moonscar because Daphne's become like a paranormal reporter and um, she's like oh it's all bullshit isn't it because I've done taken all these plastic masks off people for years there's no such thing as ghosts and they go and like film like, these weird etchings on the wall in this old house in New Orleans. And they, like, go like, oh, what's that on the footage? And when they play the footage backwards, ghost is there, which is quite scary. And then the particularly scary bit that I'm referring to with Morgan Mooscar is Shaggy and Scooby fall in a pit. And they're like, oh, what is this pit? And the zombies claw their way out of the side of the wall. And Scooby and Shaggy are trapped in this pit. It's terrifying. And then there's a heel turn at the end of the film, but it turns out the zombies are only zombies and vengeful because they uh, were murdered by this this uh, group of werecats that live on the island that Crikey. absorb people's life energy. And I'm going to show you a picture of the werecats. What a plot. Oh, my God!
0: My first reaction. To the previous photo was kind of I slightly how ha- like, like amped it up just so Josh wasn't feeling too bad because like it was kind of like moderately scary man Whereas those those kind of like kind of cat people are pretty freaky. And they
1: have a really horrific like Cronenbergian style transformation into God. these cats. It's frightening as how fuck. was when was the last time you watched this, Josh? I don't think I've seen it again. And
0: when was the first time you saw it? How old were you?
1: Uh, not very old at all. I reckon I was probably like eight or nine it came out in 1997 so the premiere was probably a couple of years later so i would have been six seven eight maybe and you
0: can you see both an insight into the trauma that this has caused and also into josh's brain but it was he was remembered all of this for approximately 15 years
1: it was so scary we had to take um for work my dad used to do like take part in an (laughs) annual golf Like, golf event day slash (laughs) evening. Did he
0: take you on the golf event? event.
1: No, Mum and I took, I was supposed to take Dad to drop him off at the golf place. Um, And uh, I vividly remember I really didn't want to go and get in the car because I looked down the garden and I could swear I could see Morgan Moon's car (laughs) down the bottom of the garden.
0: I know what happened.
1: And I was like, Mum, Mum, look at cars at the bottom of well, she went, what the hell is wrong with you, Josh? I think she she was like, It's all right. You can have a Magnum and come in the car. But and this is probably right compounding out. the trauma is they weren't Magnums. They were the Cadbury's like knockoff Magnums, which you would think taste nice, but Cabri's chocolate doesn't maketh a, does not maketh a Magnum, and they did not taste very nice and at on,
0: all. On that traumatic bombshell, shall we move on to talking <laughs> about? We had quite a long so Just so clearly, everybody—if you want something to really kind of like get you, get you, get your kind of I don't know, the sweat pouring off you and like feeling all nervy or whatever that happens when you're all scared—go um, watch that Scooby-Doo film. Yeah. Because this one ain't going to cut it for you. At yeah. watch
1: time. Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island? But don't blame me when you are pissing your bed at night because you're so scared. <laughs> Is that another kind of insult? No, I didn't that. piss the bed.
0: He's too tough for that. You wouldn't. He wouldn't. He wouldn't break physically. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What's your favourite Halloween film? I don't know. Ghostbusters? (laughs)
0: That's (laughs) Let's just stick with Ghostbusters. I don't know. I think I might have seen...
1: Is it it Coraline? Is that a film? That's quite scary. I
0: really liked that when I was watching that younger. Watching that younger. Um... I can still remember that. I really enjoyed but like it. The, the stop motion. Yeah, I thought it was beautiful. I yeah. really liked it when I watched that when I was doing it.
1: I think so, that's the Box Trolls people, isn't it? I think so. That's I also like great. Them. Watch yeah. Box Trolls too. Watch
0: all these films, everybody. They're all great. Don't watch this one. So, let's go on to, um, would we, we, know we we. always do our little bit at the end where we go, would we recommend, or would we not recommend? We, well, I don't recommend really no unless you I don't know really kind of want to if you're feeling a mood where you're like oh, I just want to remember some I don't know, bad stuff that Japan did once and I'll watch a film about it then maybe watch this but I'm sure there's better versions of this that do that if you had that really weird inclination yeah you watch, no the bit when, watch
1: the bit where they do the jump on the, the YouTube that's quite good it's probably not on YouTube we
0: can put it on YouTube yes he says says, yeah
1: could barely edit the podcast but i could definitely rip the movie from netflix isolate that particular bit and upload it to youtube so um
0: with that exciting bit of technological wizardry in prospect i think we should say thank you to everybody for having a listen today thank you for listening Um, it's really nice to have you back everyone because um yeah it's um it's been lonely in the past year since uh, we've been away. It's nice to have some company again. Um, Remember, you can always get in touch with us. if you We'd always appreciate that, obviously, uh, on netflixandthrill.co.uk, which is our website, which very briefly (laughs)
1: lapsed
0: (laughs) for about two days because I forgot to uh, renew the licence. But hey, the licence is back. Any of you other people wanting to steal it, so it's all in my name now. Um, And the other way you can get in touch is on our email, which is netflixandthrillpod.com at gmail.com. And you can also watch Josh, go you, Josh.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to be a bit more active on Twitter at the moment. I um, have been reporting a lot of anti-Semitic posts recently and I'm trying to antagonise former White House uh, communications director Antonio Scaramucci. Josh, just
0: for context, Josh got really pissed off at the Mooch.
1: The Mooch did a really bad thing where he did a poll about how many people died in the Holocaust, which was really, really vile. So I've, I've got on my high horse My high history horse about that. And got your
0: got your got your clicktivism out, and you're dealing with it, aren't you, Josh? I am. I'm reporting all
1: those anti-Semitic posts. But you can get me on Twitter at jb jones 22. Marcus, you're on Twitter. Yeah, I can't remember why.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just search. I tag Marcus Marcus in in the the podcast. You can talk to me as well, but there's not much on there. I, I get what I've talked about and know David Cameron and Pig once, but apart from that that was about it. So, thank you everybody for listening. It's been an absolute joy to be back. I'm sure we'll be back sooner than a year, it says hopefully. Um and yeah, hope you all have lovely spooky Halloweens. Spooky
1: scary woo. I'm gonna watch should we watch Skippy Downs on the Island? Yeah. Bye! Bye, see you next year! did mm-hmm. flowers come from?
0: What's going on? She's your brother in law! Donut time! Milkshake and donut!
1: It's the milkshake and donut power hour. With Josh. (laughs) I'm gonna get right up in the mic. What are
0: you doing? (laughs) You're not keeping that in. I'm sorry, who edits this? Hooray!
1: Okay, well we didn't... Did I fuck the thing up? No. It's got a lot of channels going on. It's got a lot going on. Just
0: talk for a bit. <laughs> um, we we'll have to do the noise thing as well. we are contest to whether we can it. Oh, uh, do you want to do that now It's subtitled subtitles as well, subtitle as well so, it's yeah, like, so we probably shouldn't turn it completely down because we might lose some of the horror
1: inflections. Yeah, the horror inflections, the Shall I, I change
0: the other setting as well and see if it's...
1: Um, yeah, halfway through and see what it's like. Who? Oh. Join. Leave the recording on.
0: Yeah, it'll be fun to see what happens. Just in case you get
1: attacked. Hello. Hi.
0: Oh yes, bloody hell! I feel do that. <laughs> Thank you, Thank you very much. Well that was fun. I think the main recording is of me going, Shit, okay. you mean to do that?
1: Well it's quite a lot now. Oh, that's, oh, where's the controller? Let's just test the audio. I think
0: I did change the setting. Gated. I'll change it back. Do you want to slide enough?
1: Too loud? Oh, wow! This What's is a this? really cool intro sequence. What is this? Damn.
0: That was amazing. That is amazing. <coughs> this already looks brilliant. Right, we're going to... I'd gonna say this is probably about right.
1: Pause and review.